the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. Is this the equivalent of the US military discussing what a Naruto run is? I feel angry. Welcome to the USL show. We can hear the intro now when we're recording this, so that's really exciting for me. Um, I'm your host, as most of the time, Evan Valella, uh, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster, your favorite cheesemonger's favorite cheesemonger, your favorite big dog appreciator, potentially, and your favorite non-apologizer. I don't know. Joining me as most of the time, or as always, uh, introducing first the guy that made the theme song and my favorite uh, thing in the state of Missouri. It's Phil Grooms. Oh, man. That's high praise, sir. I, is it? <laughs> maybe not. You're right. Yeah, I'm putting too depends. much stock in Missouri, maybe. It depends. It depends. <laughs> uh, second, the best thing to come out of Ohio, it's Ryan Allen. Hello. Uh, grad school has been difficult, but I'm happy to be going through it. You have alcohol now to get you through. That's right. I certainly do. Yeah, yeah. that's been one way that I'll, I'll think that in my graduation speech. Yeah. Do you think uh, it's going to help you or hurt you more? Both. <laughs> okay. Great. Perfect Good. answer. That sounds like a perfect, yeah. That's what, that's the way it should be. Yeah. Of course. Last, uh, certainly not least, uh, consistently the favorite thing that happened in early season conversations with people in the USL office was, who the hell is Pony? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'd argue probably least but you know that's just me like they were briefing people on who you are which is fascinating nothing about me or phil or ryan i'm not mad about it it's not you is, is this true this is very true i love it okay wait, so i need happy. to find these conversations because no no no. it was uh it was a one-off i had with uh with our dear friend and recently married congratulations dear sir mark height mm. what were they discussing uh, just who the hell Pony is because he's the most enigmatic and least uh, literally visible person out of all yeah, of Is this the equivalent of the U.S. military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid? <laughs> yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Good pop culture reference on this one. I was worried it would take me a little while to get a good drop for Ryan for the intro. And there no, it is. we got a bite now. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We, can, we can wrap it up here. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is the USL show. And uh, as American soccer is wont to do at the end of September, we're looking at playoffs. Uh, and the good news is we don't have to give predictions for like half of the teams because they're already clinched. So mission accomplished, everybody. <laughs> Uh, do uh, do we want to talk about the the history setting and ungodly form of Phoenix Rising, or do we want to talk about the uh, the the log jam, to use a, a family friendly term, in the Eastern Conference? Do Phoenix first. Yeah. All right, great. Uh, y'all, Phoenix Rising, you're good at football. The best yet, apparently, in the USL. Per my ELO ratings, Phoenix Rising is has surpassed uh, the 2016 New York Red Bulls 2, who won that title that year as the greatest USL team of all time. There you go. 
Mm. They I haven't even won the title yet. They might want to yeah. put a trophy in that cabinet before we go calling them the greatest USL team of all time. But True. This could very well be a 73-9 and nine Golden State Warriors type situation. Or uh, who's that team that everyone compares them to that play in MLS <laughs> now? Yeah. Uh, Cleveland. They oh. would be FC Cincinnati this year. Austin FC? I think I think we should have that conversation. I'm just really curious about Phoenix Rising this year would be FC Cincinnati. Oh, you mean FC Cincinnati like today, even? Yes. <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Today, right? Oh, now. you meant like oh, I, both can both be true? Yeah, I think both. Okay. Yeah. I like both. That's interesting. I think a lot of MLS people are starting to take notice of Phoenix, which is awesome. And a and lot it's of people, hard not to, to be honest, well, right, right, they deserve it. They deserve it. But a lot of people are saying they agree with you, Ryan, that they'd beat the top four, or some people go all the way to like one third or two thirds of MLS. So I don't know if I'd go that far. The five thirty eight rankings, as Pony had said earlier in our pre show discussion that they would have on about fifth or so in MLS and I wouldn't take them that far no. but they would certainly be FC Cincinnati the Vancouver Whitecaps and a few of those other really uh, low sides there I think when I tweeted it out earlier they'd be about a 1265 rating so I'd say honestly they would probably tie Columbus and beat Cincinnati can we all agree that those rankings are just the worst? It, yeah, they're not great. But they yeah, are the good. 538 rankings are bad. the worst. My ELO ratings try and do what they can, and there's a bit of subjectivity to how I see the teams, but the 538 rankings are the worst. Yeah. I remember last year with the monitor really hot, they are ranked above Real Salt Lake. I mean, they had uh, uh, the Las Vegas lights above Colchester United, who just beat my Tottenham Hotspur, and it pains me to say that. Listen, I don't want them to stop though because it's entertaining as hell. So yeah. keep keep putting that bullshit out. <laughs> it provides good discussion fodder. That's right. It's something for everyone to get mad online about, you know. Oh yeah. Hashtag mad online. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Phoenix, uh, pretty amazing. Can we, uh, Solomon Asante, potentially putting together the best USL season we'll ever see? Hmm. Twenty-two goals, fifteen assists. He needs to be picked up by someone. Putting up like hockey numbers. Yeah, I don't that's know. A Wayne, that's a Wayne Gretzky type of season. He uh, needs I mean, to be picked up in MLS. I think if you take away his PKs, though, he's even with two other guys. I think. Yeah, I think he has either nine or ten PKs scored at this point in the season. He's five foot two listed. He's so small, but that's he's like so he good. Got look, y'all. Sorry. He's isn't he like 29 or 30, 31? He, he's up he's, Yeah, so he's 29 and he's listed 52132. So like I think there's a couple things. I think that's the main thing. I mean, and I mean, to be fair, like Sebastian Giovinco is what like 54 and he was lights out for Toronto. Right. Yeah, well, that's true. I think it's Asante isn't a goal scorer. He's a chance creator. Yeah. You don't need to be 6 foot to be a good chance creator. You don't and and it's been shown. I mean, I'm not saying he's the same way, but I I thought Ledesma with Cincinnati mm-hmm. would be a little bit more of a playmaker in MLS even, and I've been a little disappointed. I thought he'd he did didn't better. have a lot of weapons around him though. Yeah, no, I, I'm curious what he would do on a different team, but yeah. I still thought he'd be a little bit better. Just the eye test as far as that's concerned. Uh, hey, the team second in the Western Conference clinched, uh, and and they beat the streak. 
They're the Fresno, ones. but I don't think anyone had it second. Um, and I'm actually struggling to think where we had them kind of at the beginning of the season. Not terribly. I think we had them as a playoff team, no? Well, Pony, you reposted. I'm going to bring this yeah, up because... I, I was going to say, if someone <laughs> can pull that up real quick. I think we had them just team. outside the playoffs. Okay. So, I mean, that's a pleasant surprise for them. I guess same goes for Reno, I suppose. I had Reno as a playoff team, though. Okay. Yeah, me too. I thought yeah, they'd be better. I don't think anyone had him as a runaway third, though. No. no. And yeah, I didn't have him as a runaway top three. Yeah. Uh, so Phoenix is your number one out west uh, clinch. They're on 71 points, which is ridiculous through 30. You should keep going, though, because who saw Orange County making a return at this point in the season? You yeah. Know? Uh, you know, Orange County is in Sacramento Republic right there, 4-5. Real Monarchs at 6. Austin at 7, which I'm a little... I am really concerned with Austin because my ELO ratings currently have them as a below average team that somehow has made it into the playoffs. Thank God, because I watched them and I'm like, how are they? I just, I honestly don't understand it. For a majority of the season, Austin Bowl has had a negative goal differential and they're currently at two. I mean, granted, like Los Dos, who are down in ninth, have a negative seven goal differential. That's more understandable because Los Dos could very well end up missing the playoffs. But Austin Bowl was up to fourth at one point and had like a negative five goal differential. They had a weird stretch of matches though. Like July, they played uh, San Antonio, lost three nil. Orange County won three two, got six hunt on them by Phoenix, and then beat Fresno. Um, and then like middle of August, maybe up until. The Sacramento game on the 11th, they didn't play anybody in a playoff spot. Yeah, <laughs> I, could, I could see them miss playoffs. They have two road wins all year. That's being Tulsa by a goal and RGV by a goal. And they finish on the road against Portland, Monarch, yeah, but they really, Oklahoma. Like their big games coming up are Real, Monarchs, and uh, El Paso. I think, I mean, I don't think they get more than five points to finish the year. Hmm. To to be fair, behind them there is a log jam from New Mexico United in eighth down to OKC in thirteenth. That's a separation of just two points. And Austin Bold currently on forty three is just a mere three points above New Mexico in, in uh, eighth. So they're they could very well miss the playoffs. Yeah, New Mexico has a game in hand. Actually, everybody well everybody but San Antonio and Oklahoma have a game in hand on them. Yeah, El Paso has two in hand on them. So tight. So tight in the West. It is. Well, and uh, the top in the East isn't quite as clear as it is in the West. (laughs) Yeah, the top in the East, you have the top five teams separated by just one point. New York Red Bulls, Indy 11, and Tampa Bay are all level on 56 points. Indy has a game in hand on that. And then in fourth and fifth, you have Nashville and Pittsburgh. Both have 55, and Pittsburgh has a game in hand over Nashville. Yeah. Yeah, the East is is weird. Phil, you wanted to talk about it. Uh, do you have the USL standings pulled up? I do. Yeah. Click on uh, click on Pittsburgh, like the drop down, so you can see the next game. Yeah, their next game is. Look at that! Oh man, that'll be a fun one. Indy eleven this uh, this Sunday. Well, it's Pittsburgh, me, it's, it's Pittsburgh at home. I mean, I think Pittsburgh and Indy are both unbeaten at home this year. Indy, teams. And Indy's only losing to bad teams right now. So <laughs> it's going to yeah. be a good game. 
Of the teams currently occupying playoff spots, Pittsburgh and Louisville are the only ones who are uh, unbeaten in their last five, while North Carolina FC are winless in their last five. Also, y'all, how dumb is it that it's 2019 and through 30 games, more or less, New York Red Bull 2 are first in the Eastern Conference? Repeat 2016. I love it. Team Chaos. It is. They are Team Chaos. Yeah, I've said all year I could see... You could see. Yeah, I've said the whole year I could see them first round anyone like four one or losing four one to oh, absolutely yeah. any opponent. But out in the Eastern Conference, there's pretty much only eleven teams fighting for ten spots. It's either outside of the five teams we mentioned earlier who clinched: New York Red Bulls, Indy, Tampa, Nashville, and Pittsburgh. You then have Louisville, North Carolina, Ottawa, St. Louis, and then it's going to be either Birmingham or Charleston that'll take that final spot. Here. And here's the thing about Pittsburgh. Someone posted this, and I'm sorry, I don't remember who did it, but I just did the, I didn't count them, but Pittsburgh hasn't given up a goal since August 14th against New York Red Bulls 2, who is top in the East. It's ridiculous. That's why Pittsburgh is my number one USL East uh, EO ratings team. Yeah, Yeah, Lily Ball's back. It's back. You know, everybody. so uh, Bob Lilly has been coaching since uh, just after I was alive. 97 was his first managerial job hmm. with, wait for it, wait for it, the Hershey, Pennsylvania Wildcats in the <laughs> USLA League, <laughs> which is amazing. That is amazing. Uh, the actual fact that I want to bring up, Bob Lilly's win percentage has never been below 60%. And I doubted the hell out of him this year, didn't I? <laughs> I think we all do that. Another fact to back that up from Reddit was it's been 19 consecutive years that Bob Lilly has never missed the playoffs. So So if Orlando City of MLS really desperately wants to make the playoffs, you hire Bob Lilly. Hey, I mean, we've had that conversation and we will continue to throughout the years. I wonder what he would do in MLS. I have no idea. I would love it. I'd love to see it at least. Uh, in memorials for Charlotte, Hartford, and Swope Park. No surprise for Swope Park, I don't think. Although I wouldn't have had them on the floor. Pour one out for Colorado Springs and Tacoma Defiance. Yeah. Um, of note, Swope Park has started to since their senior team is doing so badly. They've started to move some guys up. So yeah, one's doing bad. The other one's taking all the talented players. So yeah. There you go. But uh, Sporting Kansas City's also already been eliminated from playoff contention in MLS. There you go. Double double whammy. Um, if Mike, uh, man, I don't know about the independents. When Jeffries got hired, they started rehired, I guess. They started out pretty okay, but mm-hmm. since then it's been a little not great. Uh, if there's an underperforming award, it's Charlotte. They should have done better. Should and should still be doing better than this. Yeah. I don't They're get already it. eliminated, winless in their last five. Uh, guys, I get to watch a soccer game this weekend. Oh. <laughs> Coming up, sorry. And it's Bethlehem and Charlotte, so I can see some friends of ours. Oh, are you going to Charlotte? Uh is no, isn't it up here? Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah, they already they already played in uh in Charlotte. But they're coming to you. You're gonna hang out with Goose or uh, Oh no no no! I I sorry. Excuse me. Uh, my friend and yours, Hugh Roberts and uh, and Brandon. Oh, yeah, I should have figured that out. Uh, sorry, I don't know. I don't think Goose and Warren are coming up, or if they are doing that, they haven't told me, and they're bad friends. Well, that's gonna be fun. 
You gonna get a picture? Yeah. And send it out for all of us? Yeah, you know, whatever. It'll happen. <laughs> I owe them. Uh, I owe. I owe Hugh specifically a beverage. Uh, nice. But I digress. Uh, that was just an excuse for me to talk about uh, two underperforming teams this year. Pour one out. Fair. Pour one out for Charlotte. Sad. Yeah, I, man, what a weird. They, you know what? They get credit for trying something. I want to say, like, what happens if they didn't, uh, if they didn't have Jeffries for the start of the year, or if they just yeah. stay with the guy, yeah, yeah. with their main guy. Yeah. How well would they have done, or how much better would they have done? Mm. They would be in like thirteenth, maybe. I don't. I mean, think they'd at so. least be closer to a playoff spot. I'd have to imagine. Yeah, but I mean, it's tight up there. I don't know, man. I don't think so. No, I think they'd be in like seventeenth or eighteenth. Really? I really do. I think really? to be fair, thirteenth oh, place. To be fair to Evan, thirteenth place is only four points above what they currently have. That is fair. And like it. If they had like Jeffries in as their coach for the whole year, Loudon United would not be 15. I think just by them having the same because oh sorry I misunderstood. If they had Jeffries from the start is what you yeah said. like if they didn't change to McGinnis. I agree. I'm sorry. I thought you meant I mean, McGinnis the whole. No season. no no. I mean we can do either or, but I think no. if obviously if they keep McGinnis, they're 18. But I think if if they don't change systems and they have Jeffries the whole time, I think they finish like. 12-13. I apologize for wasting everyone's no, time, but I want to hear what you guys think about Ottawa Fury through yeah. Charleston Battery. Is probably that's the playoff line battle. Yeah, right? it very well be Ottawa's last year in uh, USO. Oh, yeah. I move to CPL next year. They have to, right? I think it's a requirement. They're gonna win that league. <laughs> I yeah, I hope so. Win USL this year and then just take their ball and go home to see enough away, and that's where they're, they're not play. going to. But I'm saying, just imagine the memes for that. I guess I know a guy. Um, do you think they oh, that's another day, probably? But uh-huh. I wonder if they're gonna take Ward and Wallfall and Francois and all the other talented players down over to the Canadian Premier if they can pay. I'm sure that would be interesting. Moving on. Uh, all right, Phil, you're basically asking me, do St. Louis make the playoffs? Yeah, I didn't want to be the guy, but, okay. you know. I mean, yes. But, uh, here's the thing for Pony, is does Charleston upset anybody and make it in? I mean, I think if Charleston draws in Birmingham, they're in. That's, that's to me, if they get a point, they're in, because their last three games are against three bad teams all at home, and Charleston is a good home team. That's why I asked you, Pony. That was a great answer. Well done. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. It's not a lot because Charleston's been really swingy, but I think if they could at least get a point from Birmingham, they have the upper hand. They could play themselves out of the playoffs, but they're in control uh, at that point. Certainly a risk. Charleston in the modern era of USL going back to 2011, they have never missed the playoffs. Yeah, yeah I mean, so- they've been amazing. and. We like to credit the coach, and I'm, I still stick with that. I think he's doing a lot with not a lot of. Anheuser is doing yeah, a ton. You, you really hate saying Mike Anheuser on the show. I'm I, I always want to say <laughs> Anheuser, and I think it's wrong because of Anheuser Busch in St. Louis. Yeah. I keep yeah. thinking I'm screwing up the name as usual. Uh, y'all, what's going on with Cary Football Club? They've just been crashing recently. Yeah. I mean, four of their last five have been defeats. And like that 4-0 to Loudon and then a 3-3 draw to Steele is like 
brutal. And then a one nil at Swope Park. Like that's weird. You take a two one defeat to Charleston Battery to lose the Southern Cup to the Battery. Yeah. Hmm. It'll be interesting. And there's there's a lot of like it's funny to me how this always works out in soccer where there's a lot of teams that are close to each other in the standings that play each other late on in the season. Hmm. And what's really to me. To me, this results really doesn't surprise me too much for North Carolina. I mean, the whole year they're up in like third, fourth. I'm saying like what I see on the field does not look like that good of a team. It's like Austin out in the West where it just doesn't add up, but they get results. And I think they're regressing to where they're supposed to be. They are a play-in team. And now it's going to be, do they recover enough to not get knocked out in the first round to whoever finishes 10th place or something like that? What's concerning for North Carolina is their remaining four games is basically Ottawa, New York Red Bulls 2, Nashville, and St. Louis. Two of those teams have already clinched and are much better sides than them. Hmm, yeah. North Carolina is one of those sides that I thought they'd hold on because in the beginning of the season, they were just, I just feel like they were that team that didn't make the mistakes and then they would capitalize on the other team's mistakes. They weren't flashy. They did have some really talented guys in the right positions, like a smart, like a smart roster build. I thought, um, but I didn't see the this many losses in a row coming for them. Like perhaps mm-hmm. you guys did. It sounds like you guys were ready for it. But I also didn't see how dominant Louisville could be. You know how much their talent could shine at the end of this season. Has they've really taken off? I didn't see that coming either. So their average age is 24 and a half, which A, is right on par for um, the league, which is funny. Hmm. And then B, it's pretty much the middle of the pack uh, we, as far as teams go. Are we talking North Carolina still? Uh-huh. Yeah, your oldest team is Austin, who are 27.9. Your youngest <laughs> team, Bethlehem Steel, who are 20.2. <laughs> so cool. I was going to say that about Austin, by the way, if we can just take a... A 30 yeah, second break and go back to where we were talking earlier. Doesn't that seem like an old man team kind of move to kind of randomly beat really good teams? And then, you know, <laughs> like sometimes you have the experience to beat the good teams. Yeah. It's almost like people talk what? about like how Germans in German leagues, like even the lower tiers, they'll get those guys that are like a little bit chubby that don't <laughs> run a lot, you know, but they're so freaking smart that they they prefer those guys to the say athletic freaks that can't touch you know they have no touch basically right. i just think about austin in that way where they've got just like practicality abound, practicality abounds in austin you know and and sometimes the fitness fails them and they'll lose a game but they'll surprise the hell out of you a lot their team is like a who's who of like former mls guys that yeah. you remember like Callum Malice and Amobi Akugo and London Woodbury. There's just something yeah, to mean, it. That's, I've made the joke. Austin's like the 2016 USL All-Star team. I <laughs> Just playing in 2019. Thank God. That's crazy. It is crazy. I'm glad you brought up that they were old because I thought they were that old and I'm glad to know that it was true. So. Yeah. Maybe they'll hold on. Oh, that was the end of the. <laughs> That's what I get for not muting it. And oh, nice. that. Okay. We've had some quick shows later. That's not <laughs> or lately. That's not a hint. I think it. Um, yeah, man, it's. 
I want to th- I want to throw out some a scenario or two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Suppose, uh, when I get there, someone fill. Someone fill. 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 Okay, working on it. Great. Can we? Can we? Uh, do we talk about bad stuff shortly? I, the Phoenix thing happened like three weeks ago at this point. No way. So we don't no, need to talk so about that. I thought that's where you got transition. You said you want to throw some stuff. I'm like, oh, you're just really going to do this. Oh, I <laughs> no, I didn't mean to do that. But I mean, like, I don't know. Because they, they banned the dudes that did it, like, the what? next day. What else can you do? Right. Like, it, right, so. It took the appropriate response right. yeah. to that situation. Actually, you know what? There was only one thing that bothered me and I understand why they did it, but I think it was the wrong decision. And I feel like this is the only thing I would call them out on because I do think they did everything else perfectly. Let me say that first. I don't know why they canceled the after game presser. Like, I feel like instead of canceling, have it come out and say, this is what we have. I'll answer any questions to my best of my ability, but I'm so sorry that we don't have the full story yet. Like, just do that. Like, that's not a player and coach thing. That's a front office thing. It is. And I feel like uh, probably someone in the front office might hear this is, is all I'm saying. And oh, I mean, yeah, I just think they should have done it. And, and to attach to that, um, I am going to talk to at Joe and Cleeks on Twitter. I'm going to talk to him on Monday. I haven't told you guys that, but I'm excited. He does the Phoenix tactics. It's one of the best like Twitter yeah, accounts that follows yeah, just one team. Yeah. He's really good. Okay, so I want to say this in case anyone around the league who covers a USL team um, is listening, uh, including myself. I didn't realize this until this happened. I woke up the next morning. I go to bed early because I got three kids, and I had no idea what the hell happened, and it took so much digging to figure out exactly what happened, and Joe and Cleats did that, Joe Lowry. And so he he kind of wrote out the whole story. So once I found yeah, his tweets, like the whole thing, right? yeah. And and on top of that, if any front office people are listening, it is so healthy to have someone who can write out the situation to the best of their ability, even if they're fed details by the club a little bit, might even help yeah. more because everyone's throwing stuff out out there. I saw yeah. all kinds of Phoenix people saying all kinds of weird crap. I saw all <laughs> kinds of LA people saying things, and. Yeah. All I had to do was go to Joe and Cleats and find out exactly what happened to someone I trust. If anyone at BGN tweeted a story, for the most part, I'd be like, thank you for telling me what happened. I can ignore all these other idiots. So I want to encourage anyone who follows a team, feels like they could follow a team, to be that guy. And, And even if you saw it happen and you just want to talk about and debate about it, please give everyone out there looking for details the full story before you go crazy with all the other stuff. Just want I mean, to that's that. the world that we live in, though. It is. And it, I just want, it's hard. It's hard to find info on the USL and keep oh, that in and, mind, you know, and it's, uh, it, it is a very labor of love. That's a weird relationship to cultivate when you're not getting paid to do it. Yeah. Uh, that was from experience. Um, <laughs> when you're like when you're acting as a member of media independently uh and you have to kind of toe the line between okay yeah i like cozying up to the club is good for me because then i'll get interviews and access and whatever but also like there's sometimes where they will tell you something and you have to push back a little bit respectfully um but you know you have to 
it's it's a it's a balancing act yeah. for sure. And and, and I I think the smart clubs value that though. You know, yeah. oh, just a sure. little pushback here and there where you're like, hey, and, people I mean, are saying this uh, or this is what's being done. You may want to respond. It is worth. Uh, there is not too many people in USL doing their job better than uh, Jose Bosch is. Oh, who, I need to. I recognize the name, but I don't know if I follow him that closely. Rising's uh, comms coordinator. Okay. Phenomenal. Uh, yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple people out. Like, if I know your name and you're a communications person in USL, it's probably because you're doing a good job. Contrary to what people might think, that means. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, you know, they handled it as well as they could do. Um, the the people that decide to throw bottles at professional athletes are no longer allowed back in that stadium. So yeah. that's a plus. Uh, you know, other, other than that, like I, as a Philadelphia adjacent native probably could have told you that doing this so often was going to end poorly at some point. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a little impressed in a way that it took 20 matches or whatever (laughs) it was. Like, I agree. And I do want to say that I've, I've seen this happen in St. Louis and it didn't get the press. He didn't hit anybody. That's the, thank God. That's, that's why. Um, but I saw it happen and it's exactly like this. I, I go to almost every single game in St. Louis and I recognize most of the people around me cause I sit near the Luligans. It's just the same people every week. It was some dude who was wasted, who I didn't recognize that got worked up for no apparent reason yeah. through a bottle or a cup of water or beer and everyone screamed at him, <laughs> belittled him and made fun of berated him. And he yeah. got escorted out, you know, I, um, I'm willing to bet that that's almost exactly, you know, what happened in Phoenix. Tony Ryan thoughts. I would have to agree with. So at the same time, Ryan, go. I would have to agree with you, Phil. It was probably someone who got worked up and threw someone out and they were promptly escorted out of the stadium and then promptly banned. Yeah, and for me, I like that it got more resolution than the last time I could remember this happening, which was that Reno OKC playoff game, where when I saw it happen, I'm like, oh, I should go research this and find what the result was. And mm. after an hour of poking around online, I found nothing. So I'm at least glad. Maybe it's because that ended Reno's season entirely, but I like that Phoenix owned it. They put out statements, and yeah. we all knew what happened and what the results were. Phil, from a from a club standpoint. The reason that I would have closed off the team to the media after that is not because of what happened. Uh, It's more so because the game got thrown out and you weren't able to celebrate a positive, Mm. you know, and then what you don't want to have happen is your players come out and your coach come out or whatever and say that they're frustrated because of the fan base. Yeah. That's a really weird I, I just I think I would have been fine with a GM or mm. anyone in the front office coming and delivering a message of some sort. You know, maybe the comms guy would make the most sense, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know. And maybe he did. Actually, you know what? Who's to say he didn't? I don't know. I, I just read really quick after. Yeah, I just I just read that the presser was canceled. So maybe he did give a speech when when that happened. It took a while for something to be resolved because I remember I was staying around on the West Coast trying to say, well, this will happen soon. This will happen soon. Oh, gotcha. And it got to about midnight and I just gave up and went to bed. Hmm. 
all I heard was Phoenix won the game. Yeah. (laughs) And obviously some people will take someone's opinion in the moment as like absolute truth. I'm just kind of throwing it out there as it, we, it's something we should all think about in the future. If it happens, how we should best, you know, respond for the, like we said before, Phoenix did a great job. We've said multiple times they did a great job. I'd say that's the one thing they could think about and everyone else could think about when it happens to another club because it will. Right. And yeah, Phoenix Tano's father, one of the best teams in the entire league, not only playing wise, but public relations wise. Oh my God. And if this happens to anyone who actually trusts to do something right, Phoenix is probably near the top of that list to handle it correctly. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that Evan, you, you brought up Bosch because they have, they must have like five to 10 absolute awesome staff members in that front office to make them what they are. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't even know if it's five or 10, like awesome staff members, but clearly everybody out there. And I mean, let's not think that this is, you know, exclusive. Like I think New Mexico does a fantastic job. Uh, out east, I think Louisville City does a really great job and always have done. Tampa Bay do a really nice job and always have done. Nashville do a really nice job, always have done. It's not the the exceptional work of, of some of your staff. It's all of your staff buying into what you as a club want to do. Yep. And I, I think, luckily, we have a lot of clubs, uh, a lot of clubs, the majority of the clubs, that at least have that. Yep. So there you go. And like a lot of businesses or a lot of other, even soccer clubs all over the the world, it's just sometimes you just capture that perfect time and place and people, you know, and I just think it's hard to think that Sam Dore isn't part of, you know, that vision and that, and that culture that it's just, yeah. Just like you said, if, if you capture, if you, uh, if you get the right people and all that stuff, it's it's just going to take off and be something special, which Phoenix is. It, Phoenix uh, has got to be the best club in the USL. It's hard to argue. Speaking of, of, of things that are special, potential playoff preview, Saturday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time kickoff, New Mexico United, Phoenix Rising. Hmm. If you're, if you're a soccer, if you're a USL playoff uh, interested fan, which is a weird way to say that, on Saturday... The two games you're watching, Pittsburgh Indy at seven Eastern, New Mexico Phoenix at nine thirty. Is this is this the most open game in the Western Conference? New Mexico and Phoenix, or is or is perhaps oh. Reno New Mexico the most open game? I'm trying to think what would be Reno, more open. The Monarchs. Well, I recall when uh, New Mexico and Phoenix met earlier in the season. It was actually a rather competitive match, but that was when. Uh, that was prior to Phoenix going on their massive winning streak. Yeah. Hmm. So my yeah, I, thing is... I would say Phoenix kills New Mexico. Over I the think weekend. so, too. I do, too. Yeah, New Mexico is currently right now, at best, just kind of a play-in team and who may very well end up meeting uh, Phoenix in the playoffs, but currently right now they're playing. I would much rather have New Mexico United at 8 than LA Galaxy. Too. Yeah. Agree. So, like, let's just have that happen. Yeah, keep LA Galaxy at nine and ten. Perfect. Hmm. Or San Antonio comes up. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and then and then Pittsburgh and and St. Louis because, or sorry, Pittsburgh and Indy. Uh, because in an alternate universe, or maybe even this universe, that's definitely a playoff match. Oh my god! 
if the seating works out right, it could be an Eastern Conference final. Yeah. Oh, could there be like, it's like ruining, you know, defense wins championships. It's like ruining that saying by putting those two against each other. Also, um, if anyone finds it or wants to find it, there's a wonderful uh, series in the indie match against uh, Atlanta United 2 where Andrew Carlton takes his life in someone else's hands and tells Patty Barrett to retire. <laughs> Which, like, I know we've talked about, I've talked about Andrew Carlton a lot recently on this podcast. I, I really think that I need to just consult him on things oh you shouldn't gosh. do. Because telling an Irishman to retire uh, <laughs> is, not, is not one of them. That's not from experience. I haven't done that. Uh, but, you know, just... Not people you want on your bad side, Mr. Carlton. Yeah, it, I was going to talk about them more, but I kind of, I know Pony kind of wants to talk. You mentioned yeah. San Antonio possibly slipping in there. Pony, I know you have some thoughts about that. I mean, after the loss yesterday, well, Wednesday, to make sure I know when we're going to talk about this, I mean, that's going to kill the chances for San Antonio to me. I mean, they're not dead, but they're almost in a must win out situation. I mean, I like them to sneak in until they lost 4-3 in a really long, rain-delayed game in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been, that was one. Yeah, I think well, they, they have on short turnover, too. Yeah, and they, I think they gave up two goals in the first 10 minutes, fought their way back to a lead. It was tied up late 3-3, like hour lightning delay, and then they came back and lost. Yeah. It's a heartbreaker. San Antonio's had a weird season, and I retweeted one of Harry's uh, tweets about just San Antonio. This is one of their biggest off seasons coming up here. In that, you know, Texas is getting a little more crowded with soccer clubs in in multiple tiers of of St. Louis of U uh, U S soccer. Sorry, um, it, he's got a really good point. He thinks there needs to be a big change in San Antonio, and I don't think I disagree with that. I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys feel that way. Yeah, they've been a perennial disappointment, or kind of a, not disappointment, but underachiever. Yeah, people always look at and go, "Hey, these guys should be good," and they are near the bubble every year. I mean, they're not on paper; they're not a team who's going to win the West or not anything like that. But if you show, I mean, show me that roster, I'd guess they're yeah, they're the sixth seed, something like that. Not they're going to finish twelfth. Yep, and I think they build decent teams and they bring in people at the right time. Uh, I don't know. I think a coach would be, I hate to say it, but I think a coach would be interesting, a new one. They have to try something. Yeah. Because yeah. what's happening now isn't working. It's the opposite of the teams like Austin, who we all think, why are they this good? And then they finally <laughs> start dropping off. San Antonio, we think, why are they not performing? And then they still continue to not perform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, boys, we should get out of here. Agreed. Ryan. I want to I want to end on Ryan's question that he asked earlier. There was a tweet earlier today. Uh, well, Ryan, I guess I should let you. I'll let you uh, set it up. Okay, so there was a tweet earlier today on Twitter from MLS Buzz who asked if there was a moment in mm. MLS or U.S. soccer history that you would like to have Netflix approach and make a high class documentary about the topic. What topic would it be, and why? Phil? Um, if no one has anything, I do have something. I think you I should will, lead, Evan. I, I, will, I will 
leave it till the end. I will warn you, it's quite good. Mine's not. And I've, so go and I've just figured it I out. So. It out week till the end. Great. Okay. So uh, tonight's topic du jour uh, has been Bob Lilly. Gentlemen, he was the head coach of the Vancouver Whitecaps from April 24th, 2005 oh to September goodness. 18th, 2007. Pre-MLS. They were announced as an MLS expansion franchise in 2008. There is a timeline where Bob Lilly is your first head coach for the MLS Vancouver Whitecaps. Oh, my gosh. I would love to know what that looks like. It might have been better. It might have been better, especially in 2008. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I, don't I know. think we'll see. so. The uh, the final Lily, uh, the final Lily thought is uh, I'm still hung up on the Hershey Wildcats. If anyone has a jersey of the Hershey Wildcats, please send it to me. <laughs> I'll pay you. Uh, before they folded in 2001, Bob Lilly coached the team for all five years they were around. In 2001, they reached the USL A-League Finals and lost 2-0 to the Rochester Raging Rhinos. Hmm. That's really... Yeah. Evan, great how do you know this stuff, buddy? Coming soon by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, and I know this stuff because Wikipedia is my friend. All right. <laughs> I thought you were like... Sp- no, this I'm out not. Uh, I'm not crazy. I know. I know people that are like that, but I do not have the. I'm a wealth of useless information. I'm not a wealth of useless uh, soccer exclusive information. <laughs> the dog in, in Full House and the dog in Airbud are the same dog. <laughs> so I have two documentary topics for this one. One of them being uh, 2013 Antigua Barracuda. I think would be interesting since they went. Uh, 26 and the entire season played every game on the road, had an 8 0 loss to VSI Tampa Bay, a team that doesn't exist anymore. Or I think that'd be interesting just to follow it. Uh, I think Pony is headed prior to that. It'd be pretty, it'd be depressing as hell, but I think it'd be a fascinating follow of a team that never played a single road, a single home match the entire year. And then my other idea would be the uh, month of October 2017. That would catalyze that would uh, catalog the United States men's national team missing out on the World Cup due to that fateful night in Trinidad, and then Austin and then uh, Anthony Precourt announcing his intention to move the crew from Columbus to Austin. That you would aptly title Red October. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that name has been used before, but I can't. Uh, maybe I don't hmm. know where. Yeah. Hmm. Pony, I'm sure you have something obscure. Uh, not too obscure for me. I think one of the biggest things I like to really dig into is what happened to the Rhinos. Yeah. Because they went from, within less than five years, being arguably the best USL side of all time. I mean, for me, it's their season, the good New York season, and Phoenix as the top three, hands down, to not existing in under five years. For it, and for that's it. impressive to go from being to a team who you could say is possibly the best ever to gone in that short of a time. Last tweet, September 14th. <laughs> Painful. Hey, they're still alive, according to that tweet. Well, no, that was the one about the Open Cup. There was oh, one before okay. that. It was about yeah, pilots, but this was the good one where they were like, see, we have history. They're dead, Jim. Yeah. They're dead. Anyway, if anyone at the club is listening to that, that's a joke because they're not. Phil, 
Uh, what, what are you doing? I thought of a better one. I did retweet the Deltas one. That would be right really on. interesting. Um, yeah. But uh, the better one, I think, is the moment NASL and NISA decided not to merge. That's that's what I want. If if everything is like no secrets, no hiding anything from media, if it's a tell-all story, uh, ideally... I would kind of love a Rocco Camisa tell-all. Yeah, or um, I'm so bad with names. Forward Madison guy. Peter Wilt. Thank you. Yeah. I'd rather it be yeah. Peter Wilt tells that story. Yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, God, that's my dream. I want to yeah. hear it. Why didn't we merge and start over in the third division and rebuild? Why didn't they do that? I want to huh. know. Egos. Bill Edwards would be a good get for that, too. The Poon's got to be in shit. it, too. You know, you know what? You know what? Um, and, and now, of course, I blank on his name. I'm the worst. Oh, man. Two seconds. I'm going to kill myself as soon as I find out. <laughs> I only talked about him for how long? 800 years. Patty oh, Barrett. Killing me. No. <laughs> uh, Bill Betcher. Oh. I would love just a what was coaching the Harrisburg City? I'm just like. Yeah. Good call. I know what, like, just, <laughs> There's so many like dead teams that I'm just like, can we just find out what happened? I know. Like, <laughs> going through his mind when they announced the uh, ownership change in the middle of that supermarket and he gave that immortal face. Oh my God, I love mm. that. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> no market share, just like deep dive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. For sure. <laughs> Good stuff. That was good. I'll post this online just to stand as its own thing. Okay. You do you, man. It's It was fun. All right. Uh, yeah, so thanks for listening. Follow us at the USL Show on Twitter. Uh, if you need to um, get in touch, tell us that we're terrible or spend too much time talking about Bob Lilly or not enough time talking about... Uh, I. I don't know. Um, Hershey Wildcats. What? Hershey Wildcats. The Hershey Wildcats. Yeah, I could do a... We we really should try to figure out a way to do a USIA League retrospective at some point. I think that would be interesting. I don't know how we'd go about doing that, but... It would just be podcasts of us talking about something we know nothing about, just like we do every week. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. There we go. There you go. Anyway, uh, thanks for Roughnecks Garbs for sponsoring this mess. Uh, thanks to Mike Sparks and the Beautiful Game Network for putting it out to the masses, which continues to be the worst mistake they make every week. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, go. Uh, we, we got we got something coming. I'm not going to say soon because I haven't. It's been a little bit since I've heard it's anything. Been a setback. There's, there's something I, germinating in the lab. Should I just like a tell-all right now? What what happened? With what? Our logo. It's dr- oh, it's dramatic. No, I, was, I was talking. Of, no, I was. We'll wait. Oh. We'll wait for that for when we have the jerseys. You're right. Out. You're right. Cool, Phil. You can make an ending out of that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you need anything else from me? What do you What do you need? What no, you that's need? it. I'm not editing this out either. So no, thanks up. everyone for listening. I'm not oh editing. Bye everyone. Oh, no. Bye. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> Bye.